Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week we talk about a different topic to do with work and discuss some ideas for action and advice that we hope will help you. And it always helps us <laughs> navigate our way through our squiggly careers. So I was um, I recorded a podcast with somebody who's coming on soon, Sarah, and they said that research is me search, and I was like, that <laughs> that is very true. It's a slightly cringy phrase, but I can see the truth in that statement. Yeah, if you're going to do a podcast, you might as well help yourself at the same time, hey. <laughs> And for everyone listening, perhaps if you follow us on Instagram or if you're a real fan, you will have absolutely heard about our new book, You Coach You, which is going to be out in the world very soon. And as you'd probably expect from us, it's a really practical book. It's got more than 50 ideas for action, over 100 coach yourself questions and loads of tools to try out. It'll be really useful if you're trying to figure out a career challenge, like how to make progress in a way that works for you where your career might take you next, how to build your self-belief, or maybe find more purpose from the work that you do. And we also cover more generally the mindset, skill set and toolkit that we just think will help you to coach yourself, whatever your opportunity or obstacle right now. So we really appreciate, we know some of you will have already pre-ordered, so thank you so much for doing that and for bearing with us as we sort of have to do a slightly more of a sales drive over the next month or so. But pre-orders help us so much just to get the book off to a really good start and for people sharing it. So if you want to order an early Christmas present for yourself, (laughs) for your friends, or if you just think it would be a good addition to your bookshelf, thank you in advance. We really appreciate those pre-orders. They make a massive difference to us. And the podcast topic we're going to talk about today is also inspired by You Coach You, where we talk about the difference between being a thinker versus a doer and how it affects your ability to coach yourself. It's quite useful that Sarah is a thinker and I am a doer. So it gives you a very real and different way of looking at them. And so maybe you'll relate more to Sarah or maybe you'll relate more to me. But today we're going to take the idea of being a thinker and a doer a bit broader than just coaching because these preferences show up in our day to day all the time. It shows up in meetings when you might be thinking too much about what to say or speaking before you think. (laughs) 
it shows up <laughs> in projects that we might be working on where you might go into one of the two modes too easily and it's just really about understanding what is my natural preference which one of these modes do I go to most frequently how can that be helpful because it's definitely both of them are helpful but when might it hinder me so this idea of spotting your preference and being able to switch between the two so that you can be the best of you in all the things that you do and you just know what actions that you might need to take so that you can use one of the different modes a bit more frequently and I think this adds to your adaptability I was thinking as we were researching this and and putting our thoughts together for today's episode that if you spend some time knowing this you'll improve your self-awareness and at the same time you'll improve your adaptability because we were even chatting before we got started today and we were both spotting that because we know this about ourselves and about each other I think it just gives you that ability to not do things that are unhelpful or not do things where you kind of get in your own way because None of us are perfect, but I think the more that we know this stuff, the more you can just, when you need to, you can almost make a tiny intervention that can make all of the difference. So as Helen said, um, it is useful that I'm a thinker and that Helen's a doer. And I suspect most of you who listen to the podcast for more than one week, you will appreciate that about both of us. So we thought we'd talk about the pros and the pitfalls of each preference, what it might sound like, and at those points, I think you start to cringe because you really recognise them in yourself. Like <laughs> Helen and I did chat about these before. And we were both going, oh, yeah, we do say that. So we'll do that first. So this bit is more kind of describing both of those styles and see which one feels more familiar for you. Though I'm sure in everyone's job, you know, you'll go back and forth. And then we're going to talk about the actions. Some actions for thinkers, some actions for doers and some actions that we think will work for both. So starting with thinking, some pros. I feel like I'm talking about some pros for myself. This will help my ego, no doubt. So the good thing about being a thinker is that we explore ideas from different angles and you do understand nuances, which is helpful. So you see lots of different points of view and perspectives. And I was reading a really good HBR article, which is actually about overthinking, which we'll come on, which we'll come on to. Which we'll come on to. But I picked out a positive bit of it. The article describes people who are kind of more thinkers as sensitive strivers. And I was like, oh, that's nice. I could just that's very you. I could just you be a sensitive, a sensitive striver. striver. That's you great. Are that. <laughs> and I think the other thing about thinkers is that we are comfortable with pressing pause and sitting with a problem, comfortable with thinking and spending time thinking and enjoy that rather than finding that maybe frustrating. And so you do tend to be empathetic because you are you do spend time understanding people's points of view and that helps to build your empathy and thoughtful because you're a thinker and so you're, you spend time thinking and thinking, well, what might that mean to that person or what might that mean to that project? So loads of good stuff about being a thinker, thankfully. Some of the pitfalls then, and I think lots of us will recognise this, any thinkers out there, is procrastination over progress. So you sort of get stuck in a spiral of overthinking which clouds clarity that spiraling means that you can stall and get stuck I also think you miss out on opportunities to learn by doing because there is only so much we can kind of learn by thinking if I'm honest and I feel like I can say this being this sort of person it's often only when we try things out when we experiment when something gets out in the world where we really start to accelerate our learning so you're Learning could slow down if you don't adapt at the right moments in time. This is another pitfall. I'm going to talk about what this might sound like um, in a second. Often because you really think about things, you present or you share fully formed thoughts 
without the chance for other people to input. Now, in some ways, that can sound a bit contradictory because as a thinker, we like to explore different angles and different nuances. But I think what sometimes ends up being the challenge is you also like to spend quite a lot of time in your own head. And so if you're just really thinking about something and you're maybe kind of even guessing or anticipating what other people might think, let's say you're working on a project, you might go quite far by yourself and then almost sort of do a bit of a ta-da or like the big reveal and you haven't really gauged from people along the way what could their ideas be, what could their input be. So often thinking can sound a bit like, and I, I think I say this sentence daily, let me just have a think about that. I love saying that. Shall I do you a thinker tally of yeah. like how much no, I hear that this week? Definitely not. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, like, I like to say, just, oh, let me have a think, rather than being kind of forced into a decision, maybe kind of in the moment. Certainly, I'm not a spontaneous decision maker. And we'll come on to decisions when we get to the uh, ideas for action. And so I'll often talk about like, oh, you know, let me mull it over and I'll come back to you like tomorrow, I'll come back to you this week. And we were both discussing before we started today. What's this kind of at its worst? So when you really think about at your worst, like what are things that it might sound like or what might you say? And this will obviously be different for all of us. But for me, we decided together that it was whenever (laughs) I sort of say I've cracked it, which might sound positive, but usually for me, when I'm saying that to Helen, I'm essentially signalling to her, there is no room for manoeuvre. I don't want a conversation. I don't want her input. There's no feedback required at this point because I've cracked it. And that is because I will have thought about something way too much, won't have involved Helen along the way, will have done loads of work on it and spent a lot of time on it. And then I get so invested (laughs) that I'm sort of convinced that I've cracked it. It's probably, and I guess this is the same, we'll test that assumption in a second on thinking and doing. I guess this is when you get really, really fixed. So you've got into fixed mindset times by your sort of preference this is what ends up showing out, like equals, I've cracked it. (laughs) So that's what happens to me. The thinker, introvert, and me being a doer, extrovert, I do wonder whether, is it more likely if you are an introvert, you are more likely to be a (gasps) thinker? I cannot believe you're saying this. So I took that out of talking about this podcast because I thought she'll never let me talk about that because (laughs) we'll have to go in too many different directions and I can't find any research to prove it either way. And so now you don't open up Pandora's box. I intentionally edited myself. We don't have to think it through for hours. (laughs) Of course we do. (laughs) No, it's just a, that's an interesting relationship. Perhaps our audience could come back to us and let us know. Are you an introverted thinker and an extroverted doer? Or is anybody listening contrary to that? Let us know. If you think you're an extroverted thinker or an introverted doer, let us know. We don't have to do more than that, Sarah. We just have to collect some evidence, you know, prove to do. I know. know, I can feel an Instagram poll coming. I mean, obviously, I can't can't do them. You'll have to do it. But uh, I would actually be fascinated by it. I I can't believe I had written the sentences and then I deleted them. (laughs) So I think what you might be hearing here, everybody, is that my preference is a doer. So rather than add another 10 minutes into today's discussion, I'm like, oh, you can just give us some data by emailing us and we'll do an Instagram poll because... As a pro, as a doer, I am open to experimenting quickly. It'll work, it won't work, it doesn't really matter either way. I just want to do it and move it forward. There are some disadvantages to that approach. But I enjoy the action. I enjoy seeing things move forward really quickly. I love getting response and engagement on things. Because for me, the progress that you make is so much more important than it being perfect and it's sort of never getting started. 
but I think there's there are a lot of pitfalls of my approach. Sometimes I go into sort of quantity mode rather than quality. So I'll be like, oh, how many things can I get done today? Or what have I got through? And I'll just sort of push stuff out. So if I make that really specific, and I think about, I might get up in the morning and create some tool that I think would be really helpful for people's development. And I don't run it past Sarah to improve upon it because I'm like, well, I've got it done. It's not No, you never do, done. actually. I, I know, I know, I know. And now she's like, actually, That's actually, a good idea. That was an interesting point. <laughs> well, because I find it so motivated to just do it over breakfast. And then I'll be like, well, I'll push it out on social media, on media so that lots of people can feedback on it quickly rather than why would I get feedback from one person? Even someone who is my business partner or as smart as Sarah. I'm like, but if I push it out really quickly, I can get 100 people's feedback on it. And I'll either get you know, a thumbs up, which means they like it or not. And that's like, I'm quickly collecting data, but I will have made lots of typos that probably affect people's perception of me and my ability. I won't have brought in somebody who I respected by, Sarah, to make it even better. I've just kind of, the idea of getting things out into the world becomes like the dominant thing for me as a doer. And I will start a lot of things off with a lot of energy and then I might get overwhelmed by the amount of things that I've started off and then I might not complete them and that doesn't make me feel good and I don't think that's great for teams either I think it starts to become a bit inefficient and wasteful and I think as a doer as well I'm often attracted to the stuff that I can get done quickly that I have energy for that I can get done quickly and that sometimes means that more significant stuff that needs my me to be present and me to be committed to it I don't go to very easily so if you take the book for example if I looked at my diary and I was like hmm should I write our book all day and really research a chapter or should I do planning for social media or five conversations with our clients I would go oh that's five conversations with clients and each one of those are kind of separate and quick rather than sit with one thing all day so there are definitely some disadvantages to it in terms of what I can put out into the world when I'm fully in doer mode. And for me, it sounds like, well, let's just have a go and get started. Let's just get it done. Let's just get it done. Uh, what's the first thing we can do to move this forward? There's always a pace and there's sort of like a productivity in what I'm, when I'm communicating, which I would imagine can sometimes make people feel uncomfortable because I sort of force that through. At worst, I think it can almost my doer nature can almost become quite derogatory because what I will say is something like, can we just stop going around in circles on this and move it forward? And what I mean is, or can we just stop doing that thinking thing that you're doing, that really important part of you? Can we just stop doing that now and just put it out into the world? And I've sort of gone, because doing is better is I think what is implied in what I'm saying then. Okay, so we've got a couple of actions for thinkers, a couple of actions for doers and a couple of actions for everyone. And the point is, these actions will probably make you feel uncomfortable. We have tested a couple of these actions in workshops over the past couple of weeks, and people do get quite uncomfortable with them. And when I've been doing things on Zoom, you should see the chat that comes up where people are like, oh, can you stop talking about this? I I really wouldn't want to do it, but I can see how it would be a good challenge, but it's making me a bit tense just hearing you talk about it. So don't be surprised if that's how you feel. But also if this is not your one, then you're probably like, yeah, the actions for doers, for thinkers, you're like, I'd love to do that. And the actions for thinkers, if you're a doer, you'd be like, no problem. So let's go through them and see how we get on. So for thinkers, two actions for you. The first one is called action it's. So this is taking post-its. So hence the action it's, and it is basically forcing you or nudging, if you want to use a nicer word, into (laughs) action. And I use this every time I'm either overwhelmed slash spiraling and or just feel like I need some help 
to start to make some progress. I probably used it for the first time most effectively at the start of the pandemic where a massive change and a massive amount of uncertainty sort of had me feeling a bit lost. So at that point, I wasn't overwhelmed, but I think I felt lost. And I have used it again in the last week. And that's been more because I felt overwhelmed and worried about there's so much to think about, um, which you know always worries me, and there's so much to do. But that can also lead to that kind of paralysis of then doing nothing or making progress on the wrong things. And the way you do this is really, really simple. Every post-it note has one action on. That's all you're allowed. That's kind of a rule. You've got to stick to the rule. One action per post-it. And you put them all together. You kind of cluster them all together one side of your room. I've got them on a notice board. Yeah, you can write them in your book if you wanted to. You can put them on your computer. So wherever you want them. But I I think it is quite useful to use actual post-it notes because of the second half of the exercise. And then the idea is that every time you take an action you literally pick up that post-it and you move it to the other side of the room or you move it to the other side of the notice board, but you put it somewhere where you can see the cumulative effect of the actions you're taking. And there is something about the kind of momentum that that builds and the kind of slow snowball, because I think as a thinker, it's never going to be a super quick one, it's a slower one, that that creates, that just really helps you to prioritise action when you need it. Because there are sometimes moments where we think, I could just stay in thinking mode. We can recognise we've got to do something either to get us unstuck or to stop thinking and to start doing. And people like Roman Krisnerich, who's a brilliant philosopher, he talks about this, about, you know, we've got to learn by acting. You've got to action your way to wherever you want to go. And so I have found this a really, really useful exercise to be able to kind of see all the actions. And in some ways, it sounds like that would be overwhelming, but actually it's not. It's the moving of those post-it notes that must give you some sort of like really useful dopamine hit, I imagine, of feeling like you're making a bit of progress. But also you do feel like you should be moving them. It doesn't stop you thinking, but it does help you to start. I think that's the point. And I can imagine... I mean, I'm talking about in the last 18 months, I think I've done this exercise three times. So it's not something I do all of the time. But what I'm starting to realise is there are certain moments around, like say, lost or stuck or spiralling of some description where I just think, I feel like I just need those actionics back kind of in my life again. And as a result, I've done it for the last week. I feel so much better right now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And then idea for action number two is about sizing times thinking. And this is really how do you stop and think about how big is an opportunity or problem and use that thinking to make sure that you identify how long to stay in thinker mode for. So the challenge I have, and I don't know if anybody listening relates to this because I'm guessing Helen's not going to, but maybe she at least recognises it in me, is that I care about everything that we do for Amazing If for the business that Helen and I run together. And I think about all of it and I want it all to be brilliant. And the problem with that is there's no being distinctive or being discerning about going, well, maybe this over here, project A, is worthy of three times more thought than project B. And maybe project C is very, very important and is worthy of even more thought. But that sort of ability to sort of think about, well, not everything deserves exactly the same amount of brain power is the way that I think about it. So what I have tried to do in my own mind as I spot myself going into like thinker mode is divide decisions. And I divide decisions into which ones do need to be great and which ones need to be good enough. So in terms of outcomes, I try and get quite outcome focused. So great versus good enough. And what needs to happen today, this week and this month? And I find if I just do that great versus good enough, that really helps me. And then the today, this week, this month makes them time bound. So again, it sort of prompts me into action. And it also creates a limit on your thinking, which for me personally is really useful. So if Helen says to me, right, we need to make a decision about, let's say previously we were like, we need to make a decision about the copy that goes on the back cover of You Coach You. And we've got to do that by Wednesday. I will think, right, okay, that's something that's really important because that's what people are going to read as a way to decide whether they want to buy the book or not. And I know how much time I've got to think about that. And then I can almost look at the time that I have and think, well, when will that happen? What would that look like? Versus maybe a smaller decision about, let's say a social media post, where I might just think that's like a 10 minute thinking and don't try not Sarah to keep thinking about that for the rest of this day, for this evening, for tomorrow. I could just keep going and keep going and just keep thinking forever. So I think that I don't think I'm brilliant at this yet and it's not a hard and fast rule and I don't think I've cracked this, funnily enough. (laughs) Maybe there'll be a time where I come to Helen and go, I've cracked it. But that has just helped me a bit to just think about where is that brain power most useful and Not all questions, not all opportunities, not all obstacles are born equal. And perhaps, an even better riff on that point, could be where we collectively do the great versus good enough thing. Mm. So, you know, we're scanning over the what the work to be done this week or month might be. And we're like, what are the three things in this work that needs to be great? And then is the assumption that everything else is therefore good enough? And just so that you're not doing it again, it's not a thing that you're just doing in your head because then it becomes you thinking about thinking. So maybe if there's a way that we find time to do that together, 
hey, you, you, you're alone and maybe you get to it a bit quicker. I don't know. Hmm. So having Sarah shared a couple of things that help her, I will share a few things that help me as a doer, not let my doerness become too destructive. I think these really take effort and energy. These these are some of the things that I definitely saw people getting uncomfortable about when, when we shared them. Yeah. So the this first, first one, one in particular, people the, yeah. just people look so afraid of. So this is the 10 minute thinking challenge. So this is where you have something that you need, do need to think through. You don't just need to do. So it might be what's one thing that I want to really focus on for my development next year, or what are the five relationships that help me the most at work, or what's one thing I want to improve on, you know, like a good big open question or that you might want to think about for a bit longer. And what you're going to do is create space in your day. You're going to set a timer you're going to turn off every distraction that would take you away from sitting in thinker mode. And it's 10 minutes. Now, for thinkers, they'll be like, hey, oh, that's Short. easy. <laughs> and like, why, why would you not do that? But for doers, I'd be thinking, well, what if I have an idea? This is genuinely what I'd be thinking. But what if I have an idea in that 10 minutes? Then I need to be able to Google it. So I need my phone to be able to Google it. Or oh, what if I think, oh, actually, what I should do is go speak to that person. Then I need to be able to get onto LinkedIn really quickly. I can't keep all the ideas and actions that would come into my mind when I sit with a problem for 10 minutes in my head that just that's just a waste of time if I've solved the problem I should just move it forward so that that's sort of oh, the, the old waste the, of time what, thinking eh? yeah yeah thinking is a waste of time why, why, why think when you could do sort of what would go on in my mind but with this 10 minute thinking challenge so it's useful to have the to think list for doers as well as a to-do list so it's useful to have this like what is on your to think list and take that thing into this 10 minutes and then because I think it is hard to do this what can make it easier I have found is a pen and paper I do think if you really want to train yourself go pen and paperless like really sit with it in your mind but if you're easing your way into it perhaps a mind map my journaling gets me there a little bit with just writing down my thoughts in like a continuous stream but I guess that it feels like filling a page or having a mind map as an output has an element of productivity to it I think the ultimate thing is can you do this without any pen and paper can you just sit with it in your mind but on the way to that 10 minute distraction free pen free thinking time maybe try mind mapping or just sort of a journaling along the way but don't let yourself take the action don't let yourself email the person send the whatsapp find out the insight on google don't go there because you'll you've just kind of fallen back into that default mode for your development do you know i was thinking about what make might make this easier as well if this does feel hard for you i don't think it's cheating to go for a walk so i think you could think i'm going to go for a 10 minute walk and consciously use that walk to meander and think about that thing on my to think list and we know walking kind of helps our brain to kind of think in in different ways so you might get some new thoughts from doing that and then the other thing I was reading about last week is how our thoughts are impacted by what we're looking at so assuming you haven't got your eyes closed when you're doing this which some people might kind of slightly more meditative state apparently it's useful when we are thinking and trying to either get unstuck or just think hard about something if you've got something almost like in the distance, so basically like now I'm looking at a wall, which is about 30 centimetres away from me in my lounge. But if you really want to think about something, you know, like having, you know, like a view, you know, being able to see like out of a window, being able to see something bit further into the distance, 
because it opens up your thinking and again it just encourages you to think in different ways and to kind of follow what you can see out a window so it sounds like a I don't know maybe it sounds silly I don't know but I I read this and I tried it last week because I do have a window that I don't face in the room that I work in and I consciously a couple of times in the day kind of moved my chair and I mean, I was sort of glad no one could see it. And I was just sort of staring out the window in contemplation. Really enjoyed it, obviously. <laughs> it's so funny. The second idea for action for doers is to find someone to slow down with. So I mentioned that for me, pace and productivity are often the drivers behind my doing. And so finding someone to slow down with is one way that you can find your flow out of doing mode into thinking mode. Um, and so Sarah would be one of those people. I'm a slow Sarah. down, right? I, 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 definitely, I definitely slow you down. Though sometimes, so you, sometimes you reject my slowness. <laughs> oh, she's really, really fun. Well, I think we will bring such a different energy to the situation. And I was thinking actually on um, Friday last week, Sarah and I were recording our audiobook, And Sarah did the morning session and I did the afternoon oh, session. God. And I arrived having been with lo- loads of people that basically did not slow me down. Loads of people that s- sort of made me even more energetic and Sarah had been there sort of on her own in a calm mode and basically said you've arrived at a whole like with a whole different energy than I've got right now (laughs) but it made me I guess it was a very visual reminder about thinker doer energy and spending some time with a thinker can slow you down it can slow your thinking down it means that you might be more into sort of listening mode learning mode it's one of the reasons so I've joined this um, yellow learning this year and I would say everybody in that community so I've been part of this like group of six people we meet every other week over zoom and they're all over the world and they are a reflective curious I mean you'd love them Sarah like really think a bunch they're like a think a bunch and I sit in that session I don't say a lot I kind of think through what I'm going to say but I'm much more in listening learning reflecting mode and it, and it's designed to do that I really enjoy it and it is such a different space from like a headspace from how I spend the rest of my time and it just helps me to come up with some new ideas just have the ability to recognize that sometimes I do need to put myself into that sort of space so whether it's a community that maybe think slower than you and they're trying to solve a problem or something like that or whether it's an individual you go for a walk with them you have a conversation with them they just have that different pace energy and approach to how they think than you might do find those people spend time with them um, and it will just help you to be more adaptable and also that's interesting because as we've said, sometimes these actions all feel hard and uncomfortable, but also maybe they're enjoyable because we get to try a different way of being and a different way of acting. And so I don't think we have to automatically assume, oh, well, this is just not going to be fun or I'm, or I'm not going to be good at this because I think we all can. Sometimes we just forget to or sometimes there are just moments where you can just spot, OK, well, I need to slow down now. It's not that you don't enjoy it. It's just it's not your natural mode And then you need to kind of create some either rituals or habits or just opportunities to change channel sometimes. I think that's what it is. Well, also, and this is going to sound really weird, but I quite like to watch thinkers in action. Like, I quite (laughs) like to watch their faces and their heads. You know, because a thinker, their, their eyes will go up as they're trying to kind of connect some dots in their mind or 
connect to some information that's stored in their very big brains or they'll move their head on an angle or I just I, they're yeah. actually really interesting to observe <laughs> behaviorally I feel yeah. like you're now like looking at us in the zoo you know just the like thinker zoo and I here is all the thinkers in a zoo. Sarah <laughs> thinker <laughs> So two ideas for action that we think work for everyone. So the first one is about, this is really an an empathy action, but how can you swap shoes with someone who you know has the opposite preference to you in terms of thinker or doer? And so this is like practicing walking in someone else's shoes to help you to identify actions. And this is as simple as thinking, what would Helen do? And if Helen was doing it, what would Sarah do? And we actually both do this. And it's not that you're even necessarily having that conversation, though, of course, if you know someone, you can, and those people can often help you. But it is almost just sometimes I will genuinely just sort of imagine Helen in a situation or Helen in a meeting and think, right, what would Helen do right now? And straight away, it just helps me to think, right, she would cut through this complexity and she would get us to, well, what is the most important thing for us to do now? She'd ask a really good question about, okay, so there's there's a lot to think about and a lot to do, but what's the most pressing priority in the next couple of months? And she would get away from this complexity or this potential overwhelm and she would get us to clarity with those kind of action questions. And so that makes me think, okay, well, let's ask something action-y. Let's ask something Helen-y. And that often then just, just means that you can then, you've done that little bit of switching. It helps you to kind of move forward. And the second idea for action that works for both of them is to reframe what time well spent means. So, for example, doers might think immediately about it's about outputs, it's about efficiency, it's about getting stuff done. But actually, if you reframe that into it's not just about outputs, actually, it's about insights. You might go into a situation or a meeting slightly differently. And for thinkers who might think about we've got to get to the right answer this has to be as high a quality as we can. This has got to be as good as it can be. That sort of risks falling into perfection, which sometimes means you might not get started. But if you reframed, what would good progress look like in this meeting? How could I progress this problem in a meaningful way by the end of the day? Those sorts of framings and questions might just help you rethink what time well spent looks like and mean that you spend your time better as a result. I also think you could be proactive about your day or your week some of the time. And you might even be thinking before, and I bet I bet loads of our listeners already do this, because you would be smart about being situational in your thinking. You'd think, what would be helpful in this meeting? Bit more thinker, bit more doer. What would be helpful in this project? Is this about doing? Is this project all about doing and like learning by doing? Or is this project, have we got to really think through some of these knotty problems? This doesn't always have to be, I think, reactive in the moment. I think this can also be about just spotting which style and which preference is most useful at any one one point in time without losing kind of you being your own authentic self. And two resources that I thought might be useful depending on whether you're a thinker or a doer. So if you're a thinker, I would definitely look at the work of Stephen Pressfield. He talks a lot about like procrastination, if that's a particular problem for you. And he has a very good short book called The War of Art. But there's also loads of videos and you can find lots of his work available online. And I was thinking, I was trying to think for Helen, I was like, right, if you're a doer, what could I sort of make Helen go and read, watch or listen to that would slow her down and encourage maybe a bit more sort of reflection and rest? And there's a great organisation called the Idler Academy. And the Idler Academy have a magazine, they do workshops, again, lots you can read and find out about them. And their sort of philosophy is about slowing down and reflecting. And actually, we both like Idler Academy, don't we? So I definitely recommend them. 
We do. I do read it, but I do sometimes get frustrated <laughs> reading it because, honestly, I do, because it's, it's like, it's really random. I'm like, well, how can I apply yeah, this insight so about frogs in Argentina? <laughs> but I'm, I kind of go with it because I can see the benefit of being idle and all that kind of stuff. But I will admit that I do also go, but where's the model from <laughs> that I can use at work? Guys? <laughs> <laughs> Well, hope you have taken some insights out today. Whether you're a thinker, whether you're a doer, you will work with both and so you can help yourself and help them too. And maybe you've just laughed along as Sarah and I have laughed at each other. But this genuinely will help you to be more adaptable at work because you will inevitably need to be in different modes at different times. So please download the pod sheet. You know, that will help you to take action. Uh, There are some coach yourself questions in there for people who like to reflect. And there are also the actions (laughs) summarised in there for people who like to get on with the do. there for both of you (laughs) you can get the link to that as well it'll be in the show notes and if you ever can't find anything that we talk about like resources pod sheets you can always just email us we're helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com so that's everything for this week thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you again soon bye for now bye everyone Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.